Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. What I want to share with you this night is something that will give you a constant expectation of good. Do you understand it? A constant. You know why some people don't have a constant expectation of good? Because when they are ready, they expect good. But when they don't feel prepared, they don't expect good. So, I will talk about the moments where you are in deficit. Because many times the accusations and the attacks of the devil comes from the place of your deficit. Do you understand it? So, but at those times, what do you do then? Have you ever played card before? Who has played what before? You know that thing, that number 20. What's that, uh, what's that number 20 called? Hmm? I'm sure by now you can see the expression of different growing ups. Many sides of the way people grow up. This one say I need. What's your own called? Jackpot. What's your own? Say give me. This one say give me. <laughs> Which one? What's your own again? Eh? Last check up, have eh, Let's have a unified. Let's have a unified agreement. I need. Hmm. I like I need. I need will even work for me this night. Yes. Uh, yes. I, I need will work for me this night. And uh, so let's say that that I need is last card checkup. Hmm. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so let's say that 20 is your joker, that last card checkup. You see, when you come to wit's end, sometimes you need a last card checkup. Do you understand what I'm saying? And you need something that can work anytime so that you have a constant expectation of what? Good. There are days where you pray, you know that because you have prayed. You trust God that something is going to happen. Let's not deceive ourselves. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh, there are days where you fast. You are high in the spirit. Something is happening. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. And guess what? When you pray, of course, you see results. So what is that saying to you? That is building a confidence in your prayers. There's a problem there. Yeah, so what you are indirectly saying is that your prayers has become your salvation. You see that? It's a problem. As a pastor, I was there before. I left that place. You know why? Because I didn't have time all the time to pray. <laughs> yeah, because your life cannot be a roller coaster of... You see, it's only when you pray, that's when you expect something fabulous to happen. Are you following? You are going to be stranded one day. Because the accuser is waiting. <laughs> You people don't know Satan. Satan is waiting. The Bible calls him the accuser of the brethren. Mm. So he would accuse you from your place of deficit. So that the moment where you are losing in some very good thing you've been keeping for a long time, that's when he will show up. There are days you will not pray. Are you following what I'm saying? Is it good to pray? No, answer me very well. Is it good to pray? Is it good to fast? Uh, but what I'm saying is that your victory has no connection with praying and fasting all the time. Can I say that again? Your victory is not always tied to the fact that you always pray. So what is going on here? There is a joker somewhere. And as a believer, you must know that joker. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? And God loves you. His love is constant, but yours is not constant. So what's happening? Are you going to experience victory on the basis of your undulating love that you have for him? It cannot be now. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why I'm saying that many of you, you know grace, but you don't do grace. In fact, some of you don't even know how to take forgiveness. Look at you. (laughs) Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of you don't even know how to receive forgiveness. Some of you feel that you see this hour that I'm in now is a morning time. I was talking to Steph, and you know, as I was talking to her, she was trying to laugh. But in the bid to laugh, she, she, she talked to herself, said, now is not the time to laugh. He said, Pastor Phil, please don't make me laugh. I don't want to laugh. I said, why? Who told you you should not laugh now? Do you understand what he's saying? So what I'm trying to tell you is that there are times where you feel you should be in a bad mood. And you have welcomed it. You have, wel- you have embraced it. You have said to yourself, this is the appropriate feeling for the now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm, this thing is legitimate for now. Let me receive it. Who told you that? Who taught you that? It's, a, it's something, it's a rule. You know when I was talking about rules? Uh, you are the one setting the rule for yourself. Mm. Be happy, be joyful. Why? Because your victory is not tied to what you do. But it's tied to what God does. You think if you are mad, God is also mad? Are you following what I'm saying? God is not mad with you. And God knows that the day you say you love him, one day is going to come. Okay? Where your love will be as if you never even knew him. So he says, my little children. Okay? My little children. My little children. That is Paul talking in John. Alright? Chapter 2. He said, but if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Hallelujah. From today, you are always going to have a constant expectation of good. Amen. Somebody, they woke somebody up. In the, and the Spirit of God woke you up in the night to say, it's time, it's time for you to pray. And because you didn't pray, you didn't obey the Spirit of God. In the morning, things started happening. And what were you saying to yourself? You see, I disobeyed the Spirit of God. So now it's time for loss. Prepare for your loss. Whatever happens now, just begin to accept it. Because the time where you should have prayed, you did not pray. Then the scriptures that said that if a man fails in the day of adversity, it's because his strength is weak. You now begin to think, oh, my strength was weak that time. That's why I'm failing now. Do you see how this thing... But you see, you know the thing about me. Do you know as a believer, you can never be in the place where you, you don't have a way out of something. So I'm telling you now that from today you would always have a constant expectation of good. Before you say amen, say I know. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand what I'm saying. I understand it. I know. I always know that something good will happen to me. And even when things happen wrongly, what did Paul say? He said, by now you should know that I've become a master of circumstances. What's he talking about? He said that even if circumstances come, I know my way out of them. Hallelujah. So, where, where was I before I came to all these places? Hmm? Mm-hmm. The joker, be. So, we're going to use that joker. Should I show you what the joker is? We are now. Let's start. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 
3. Well, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. It says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to what? According to the flesh. It says, Though we walk in the flesh, though you are physical like this, you see, when you want to fight, don't do it the way you are. Are you following? This wrestle we're talking about, you want to wrestle. It's not wrestling by the way you are. Okay? So I'm going to teach you how the devil tricks you to fight him. This is how he does it. He tricks you to fight him by hiding behind flesh and blood. So that once you think you are getting Satan, you are fighting flesh and blood, you don't know you are not even touching him. You are so far from touching him. But I will teach you how to exchange and flip the side of the coin. Okay? So it says, for though we walk in the flesh... We do not war according to the flesh. Now let's see verse verse 4. It says, For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds. I like the King James Version, okay? But, but it's okay. It says, For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. Somebody say, They are not carnal. How many of you have heard, if you grew up in churches where I grew up in, you, by now you would understand what carnality means. Mm, so we say you are in the flesh, my brother. <laughs> my brother, you are in the flesh. You know what you are in the flesh means? You know what flesh is? You know before we used to think that flesh is this thing. Is this body. Eh? When you are feeling somehow, you say that's flesh. You have to overcome that flesh. Mm, that's, not, that's not just flesh. It's part of flesh, but that's not really flesh. In fact, that's not the root of flesh. Then we now moved from the physical um, body of what we said flesh is to what we say flesh means your desire to do those things that you were delivered from. That is flesh. So when you see a man who has been saved by grace, but somehow something is still calling him, do you understand what I'm saying? Something is still going. Say, come, come. The man is going. And you now say to yourself, that is flesh. It is part of flesh, but that's not really flesh. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm, who here has not been called by something before? <laughs> who here has not been called by something before? Who? Mm. But you see, that's not really... You know what flesh is? See, flesh is not... Flesh is, is not really all this... Or these two things I've talked about. This physical body or the desire to do something that you are delivered from. I understand. He said if you walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. I understand that. But there is another side of flesh which is a stronger dimension of flesh. Shall I tell you what it is? Flesh is not weakness. Flesh is confidence. Flesh is not what? It's not weakness. You say, hey, this man has fallen because he's weak. He's in the flesh. No, that's not really flesh. Flesh is something that is very strong. But you know where the strength is? In self. That's flesh. So when the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, it means that the weapons of our warfare, they are not in the flesh. This battle you are fighting is not a confident battle in self. That's what I'm saying. And this is why if you are attacking the devil and you are standing by yourself, you have failed from before you even started. Yeah. So flesh is not just weakness. 
Flesh is confidence. It says that we are the circumcision who worship God in the spirit and have no what? Confidence in the flesh. So if flesh is not weakness, then flesh is confidence. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it says, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not what? They are not carnal. It means that these things we are talking about is not something you pride in, in yourself. He said, I overcame the devil. He said, brother, how was your night yesterday? He said, the devil came, I overcame him. <laughs> how did you overcame him? He didn't know how much scriptures I knew. When I started bringing out scriptures, <laughs> so when I unleash scriptures, I understand all that. Amen. I'm just using a typology to explain what I'm trying to say. Okay? But you see, confidence in self puts you in a weak position. Yes, it does. So he says, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not what? Carnal. But they are mighty through God. Now, see what it does here. It juxtaposes carnality with mighty in God. What does that tell you? If carnality is used in opposite to what it means by being mighty through God, what does it mean here? It means that anything that is carnal here means mighty through self. That's what it's saying. So, you see, that's what I'm saying, that if you think you want to rely only as a believer with what you have done, you see, I'm going to come very practical to many of you because many of you are still in the law. But if I say teach, you will teach grace. Mm-hmm. Many of you are still what? In the law. But if I say teach, you would, because you don't know how to use the joker. So the moment where you have not prayed, what happened? Have you noticed that sometimes Jesus, when he was dealing with situations, he dealt with situations sometimes from the place of strength. When I mean from the place of strength, in quote, I mean from the place of prayers. You will see Jesus, for example, it was at the moment while he was praying that he said something. And then there was manifestation from the place of prayers. He sent his disciples, said, go to the other side. They went through the seas. But he went back and he started to pray. And it was after he finished praying, he started walking on water. And when he walked on water, he was coming with full speed. You see manifestation of power. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see all that thing happening with Jesus. Or you see Jesus. He said, show me where Lazarus is. Take me to the place where he's dead. Jesus is about to release power. And then he lifts his voice up. He begins to pray. And then he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. So you see Jesus operating from the place of strength. But I like the Bible because the Bible is complete. You will not see Jesus every time speaking from the place of strength. Because Satan sometimes will test you when you are sleeping. Was there not a time where Jesus was sleeping in the boat? Was he praying? Oh, I know. (laughs) I know you want to tell me, Pastor Phil, that sleep means rest. It means rest. Wait, he was tired. That's what it means. Mm, He was tired. It's because he was tired. He was a guy. He was a man. His physicality was telling on him. So because he was tired, he slept. That even when the boat was shaking, he didn't even wake. He gave it his beloved sound sleep. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now, see what I'm saying to you. You see that time when they woke Jesus. Jesus, wake up. And Jesus woke up from sleep. Did Jesus say, oh... You know, I've not been praying before now. It's time to go into prayers now. Because you see this storm where me, my eye, they see so. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? I have to, I have to wage war, a warfare. If you fall in the day of adversity, your strength is weak. So, ah, this sleep now, carnality. Ah, no, no, no. It's time to pray. Peter, James, all of you, give me five minutes. Let me pray. They would have died now. They would have died. But what did Jesus do? Immediately he woke up from sleep. You know what they say about sleep now? A little sleep, a little slumber. You know those kind of scriptures? They begin to come to your head. How can men be praying and you are sleeping? Wake up my friend and begin to pray. (laughs) Are you following? (laughs) Or they are saying to you, you say, why men slept? The enemy came and so tars. No, calm down, wait. (laughs) You know those scriptures? So let's say symbolically that sleep can be a place of deficit for the individual. But what did Jesus do from sleep? He stood up and he rebuked the wind. So what I'm telling you, there are times where you are not prepared. But you have a last card checkup. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm, So this is what I'm saying, where am I? Because at this point, you are not walking by your strength. Because you are sleeping. You see, I will fail as a pastor to tell you that your victory will only come at the place of strength. But your victory will come also from the place of weakness. Am I encouraging you to to be weak? No. But you see, as God's love and his constance towards you is, is ever faithful, yours is not like that. He said, Pastor Phil, we need to pray. Oh, this thing that you are talking about, don't teach your people not to pray. No, I've taught you people how to pray. Yes, yeah, so you people know better. But you know the problem I'm having with some of you. Some of you feel that, you see, it is that time that you prayed because you saw results. You did not know what was working the result. So let me tell you what you are doing. You now put confidence in your prayers. That is wrong. Because prayers now has become your salvation and is wrong. So it's not a matter of how long you pray or the fact that you prayed. Should I tell you what confidence should be? It is not confidence in prayers. I mean, it is not confidence in your prayers. But it should be while you are praying, confidence in God. Is there a difference? That's what we're saying. So for the weapons of our warfare, they are not what? Canal. But they are mighty through God to what? The pulling down of strongholds. Say so for the weapons of our warfare, they are not canal, meaning that they are not by self. They are mighty through God. Do you know, do you know have you seen the movie Troy? You see how powerful Achilles was? Achilles was a skilled fighter. I love to watch Troy because the way the writers of the movie describe the way he moves when he fights. So interesting. Achilles was a swift fighter and he knew how to run. In fact, they named a tendon after his name, called it Achilles tendon because of how he sprints. Okay? So he was half human by, of course, the, the, the myth of the Greeks. He was half human, half God. Hmm? So you see, as strong as Achilles was, do you know what killed him? Arrow. You see, 
I know that you are strong, but cover the place. Do you understand? Use armor to cover the place. That's what I was telling you on Sunday. That the Spartans, as powerful as they were, you see, their chest is, me and Kemas put together one chest. <laughs> That's the chest of one Spartan soldier. You see, those people were very strong. But you, you, you know what happened? They died. <laughs> they all died. So it's not a matter of how strong you are. So what is this thing trying to say to you? It's trying to say to you that armor is your last card, is your joker. So that you have constant expectation of good. I'm telling you, there's a negative principle working in people's minds. I'm telling you. If you go around right now and you begin to ask people, why will you not be rich? You will hear what people will say. It's true. If you go around now asking people, why will you not be rich? You hear, you hear all manner of answers. But those things are breaking today. Amen. They are breaking today. Hallelujah. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through, somebody say through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. Next verse. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself. Why does the Bible say arguments? The Bible says arguments because there is a war inside your head. That's why it's saying arguments. Something is telling you you cannot. The Spirit of God is saying why not. Something is saying you cannot. The Spirit of God is saying why not. Don't you know who you are? There are arguments. There are strong oppositions in your mind as to why you should not move forward, for example. So he's saying now, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now he says, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now let me tell you the last card checkup. Do you want to know the last card? Now the way you bring to captivity arguments is to an object that we call the obedience of Christ. Yes. This is where I'm going this night. You subdue negative oppositions in your minds to the fact that Christ obeyed. Are you following what I'm saying? Let me explain to somebody who didn't catch it. See, he says... Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience, not to Christ. To the obedience of Christ. So, what is your conversation? I know I didn't fast. The Spirit of God wanted me to pray, blah, blah, blah. blah. And Satan now sets that one. Just in case you don't know what to say back to him. You say Christ obeyed. So in the name of Jesus, check out. Do you understand how to do it? That's how to work it. It's not a matter of, hey, there are some things I'm supposed to have done. No. Hey, some things I'm supposed to have gotten right. If I got right, I would have been able to bring this thing. Pastor Phil has been teaching of principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, everything. I would have been able to bring all these things down. No. See, you are bringing into captivity these things because Christ obeyed. That is all. There are different kinds of obedience in the scriptures. 
the most primary obedience is the obedience of Christ. Not obedience to Christ. The obedience what? Of Christ. The obedience of Christ is your, what did we call it? I need. Mm, is your I need, is your I want, is your last car checkup. You know why? So that from the place of deficit, you can still rise from sleep and say Christ obeyed. Yes. I, you know how to dislodge things. You know how to dislodge principalities. You are waking up in the morning, you are feeling down. And, and you see that down moment you are feeling is now making you not have sweet fellowship. And you are now, do you know one of the other ways you know condemnation? Condemnation is a feeling that God is not with you. That's also condemnation. So you wake up in the morning and you have a sense that God is not with you. Something is wrong. The grace of our Lord Jesus. Let's, okay, let's share the grace. Let's practice it. Are you ready? Oh yeah, now let's go. Want to go. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Rest in the devil. Let me start for you. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Whose grace is it? Is it your grace? So what is the problem? Even that man there, that baby there saying no. Praise God. He said the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. Is it your love he's talking about? It's not your love now. And the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Is it your own fellowship? So don't think that your fellowship, the sweet, let me even use the word sweet. The sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit is not as a result of my sensitivity. Because the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit is his own fellowship. So you give chance and allow him to love you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's what we're talking about. So if, if, that's why if, you, if you're looking at the armor, everything that we say is the armor of God, there is nothing there that is your own. There's nothing there that is your own. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. The breastplate of righteousness is not your own. They gave you. Helmet of salvation is not your own. The salvation is for him. The, the belt of truth, is it your truth? Shutting your feet with the preparation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, is it your, own, is it your gospel? So what is the problem? None of these things are yours. So you wake up in the morning because you are feeling sad. You think the Holy Spirit is also feeling sad. He brought sweet fellowship. Open your heart and enjoy it. But it's not by that something. It's not by that. And this is why many believers, okay, are stuck. Because there's a mechanism they used to walk their way up. And we enter his gates, we thanksgiving. You know that song? We is... Wait, wait, this is TSP. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. But you know the mindset that song has given you? That before you come, you have to start first. Don't just badge in God, you have to knock. You, have to <laughs> you can't badge in at God, you have to knock. Tell your neighbor, say it's not your fellowship. Mm. He's the one who brought the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It's his own fellowship. So what do you say? Last card checkup. What is the last card?
Christ has obeyed. Christ has obeyed. You are going to pray for somebody. Before you lay your hand, Satan says, Stop there, my friend. Which hand do you want to use to lay hand? This hand? <laughs> so you, you, you want to pray. I'm serious. You want to, some people, you want to pray for somebody. And the moment you want to lay your hands, all of a sudden you just, there is a, a, a mental self-examination. Who am I to do this? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I to carry out this noble act? <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? No, you know what you should tell yourself there? Christ has obeyed. Christ has obeyed this thing. Christ has obeyed. When I'm praying, I don't put confidence in prayers. But in prayers, I put confidence in God. So that even though I really wanted to pray for two hours, I didn't have the time to pray. In one minute, I said, by the obedience of Christ, I command a mighty assembly. Things will answer for you. So, you see, by this, you will have a continuous, a constant expectation of good. Always. Always. So, bringing everything into captivity to the obedience of Christ. I told you in scriptures, the primary obedience is the obedience of Jesus. Not obedience to him. Obedience of him. You are resting on his obedience. The place where they are asking believers to obey is obedience to the faith. Obedience to the gospel. That's what he's saying. In Romans chapter 1 verse 16, 17, 18, maybe 19. Try Romans 1, 18. If, if you have... Romans 1, 18 or so. Either 18 or 19. Okay, try 19. Not here. 19. It says, because what? Sorry, 519. 519. It says, for us, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So also by one man's obedience. We're talking about the obedience of one person. That's your joker. Do you know why things have to answer you? And it's because Christ obeyed. That's why things have to answer you. It's because Christ obeyed. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter three, verse three. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse three. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse three. I've not even opened my notes. Second Corinthians chapter. It says, it says, clearly you are, an, you are an epistle of Christ. Manifested by us, written of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the Living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is of the heart. Let's move to the next verse. And we have such trust through Christ toward God. What is that trust? I prefer the King James Version because the King James Version will bring out all the. you see, there's, there's, a, there's a colon there. You see that? So, it says, And such trust have we through Christ to God's word. Now, look at what that is. Verse 5. It says, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Our suffi- so, when I'm telling you where I'm on, the armor I'm telling you to wear is something that takes your strength away. 
Because the purpose of armor is for you not to fight in your strength. It's for you to fight in somebody else's strength. You know what some of you are thinking? In fact, you have made up your mind to do things your way so that you can come out strong. Wrong. Find your context though. Okay? You have, you have made up your mind to do things your way so that you can come out strong. Nothing there is for you. You see, even that, that thing we call shutting your feet with the preparation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know that even evangelism is not by your strength? Do you know that? Evangelism is, is not by your strength. In fact, what makes an evangelist is the message. If you are faster, you will catch what I'm saying. What makes an evangelist is the message. It's not the evangelist that makes the message. In fact, the passion that the evangelist has, where is that passion coming from? The passion is coming from the message. The passion is not coming from the, the fact that the passion is not coming from the fact that the evangelist is a solid evangelist. No, that's not where it's coming from. No. No. That's not where it's coming from. Should I explain to you what is the gospel? What, what's the meaning of the word gospel? Good news. Are you not quick to deliver good news? Okay, now wait now. Let me explain this thing in a better way. A woman, a woman's husband died. They now tell you, come, go and tell this woman that her husband has died. You, will you want to go? Why? What is holding your feet? What is making you go slow? What is making you do like a zombie? Why don't you? It's the message that is limiting your movement. Do you understand it? So that's why I'm saying that it's not the evangelist that makes the message. It's the message that makes the evangelist. So, if, But if I now tell you, you, go and tell this woman that her husband just became the, the CEO of Chevron Nigeria or Chevron Africa. What will make your feet go very fast? It's good news. It's what we are talking about. In fact, if there are four of you there, they say, you go and tell. Four of you want to go. Now you then send. Now you then send. Now me then send. Now not be me then tell. Do you understand what I'm saying? You say, okay, you can say, you, when you enter, you say good news. Then you, you will now talk. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> why do you want to share good? Do you know why people are not preaching? Because these things that we've been shouting, each one and each one, the reason why many of you are not doing it is because you don't even know that this thing is good news. That's why. So it's the message that makes the evangelist. So that's why I'm saying to you that even evangelism is a weapon that you wear on yourself. But understanding the gospel, that's what empowers you to evangelize. Are you following? So there is none of these things that is by yourself. Learn to use a joker. What is your joker? Christ has obeyed. That's your joker in life. If anybody is trying to say anything otherwise, or anybody is trying to say something contrary to your progress in life, the only thing you must be constant of is the understanding that Christ has obeyed. With all your, all your shaky obedience, 
your shaky obedience cannot take you too far. You see, just like something you throw up, it will go up, but it will come down. It's just a matter of time. That's the way it is. Have you, no, have you not noticed that there are some months you are on fire for God? <laughs> but there are some other months you are wondering, what is happening to me? Am I not an apostle? <laughs> you must have a constant expectation of good. Constant expectation of what? Good. You must have a constant expectation. Not sometimes. All the time. You see, for we know all things are working together for good. It's a constant expectation of good. So there are some mindsets you have to dislodge. That these things are not happening because. So all those, all those because. You have to. Is. You move here. Praise God. Alright, you see. And everything that exalts, bring it, okay, where are we? Yeah, not that we're sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is what? Of God. So that even when you are praying and you are you are praying, do you know what the most efficient prayer that a believer can ever make is the one that he does not understand? Why do you think it's like that? So that you will never say one day, it's because of what I said to God. Are you following what I'm saying? So that he's saying that the primary type of prayer in the New Testament is praying in the Spirit. And he said, Paul said, I will pray in the Spirit. And I will pray in my understanding also. Praying in the understanding is the also. Praying in the Spirit is the primary. So why is praying in the Spirit the primary? And you don't even know what you are saying. Because there's no confidence in what you are even saying. It's a dependence of the work of the Spirit. That's what we are talking about. So nobody has any reason to boast. He said, where is boasting? Where is boasting? Why are you going to boast about something that you've done? Okay, the moment you have not done something, you think Satan is not... Satan will use your mindset against you. We're going to dislodge many mindsets tonight. Are you following what I'm saying? We're going to dislodge what? Many mindsets tonight. Do you know what the Bible says about Adam and Eve? In Genesis chapter 2 verse 25. The Bible says that Adam and Eve, they were both naked. And they were not ashamed. You see, I like the Bible because when the Bible is trying to say some things, it is telling you something. When it puts words like this, and they were both naked. The man and his wife. And we're not ashamed. He's trying to remind you. He says, see, I know the way your mind, you who is reading this scripture now, the way your mind is working is that nakedness means shame. But he's trying to tell you now that these two people were naked. If you want to call it the place of deficit. He said, but I was not ashamed from the place of deficit. Why were they naked and not ashamed? Because something else was covering them. You think two goats walking together, you think they are shy? You think, you think two goats, the male goat will now look at the female goat, will now tie up. Are you kidding? No, it's not like that. There was something covering Adam and Eve. We call it the glory of God. You understand that by now. So, 
That's what I'm telling you. That the efficiency of Adam and Eve was not in the fact that they were naked and they needed clothes. No, their efficiency was that they were standing in the glory of God. So that when God will come in the cool of the evening, relating with them, he will talk with them. And they didn't feel any sense of deficiency. But the Bible is telling you that they were naked. Some of you, if you are naked, you see that constant expectation of good. It has ceased for that moment. You have to pray your way up. You have to sing your way through it. In fact, anybody who brings a moment of joy to your space, you fight it. Why? Because you have embraced it in your skull that this is a time to mourn. That was the Old Testament though. What did Paul say? He said, rejoice always. I say to you, rejoice all the time. What is he trying, what's he trying to say to you? He's trying to say to you that the mechanism in which joy comes into your life is not a function of the events of your life. It's a function of the fact that Christ has obeyed. Are you following me? Okay, so it says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Look at chapter 3 from verse 7. Look at chapter 3 from verse 7. Genesis chapter 3 from verse 7. It says, And the eyes of them were both opened. And they knew that they were naked. Something happened here now. There was something that happened here. You see, life had played them. Some incidents happened. Some falls took place. Some disobedience took place. Then there was a rewiring in their minds. That, hey, I'm naked though. But you know the question I have. Who told them that they were naked? Do you understand what I'm saying? It says, it says their eyes were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sued fig leaves. You see, when you begin to wire yourself in what I told you flesh means. You know what I said flesh is? What is flesh? And flesh is not weakness. Flesh is confidence. But in God... I mean, in self, not in God. So flesh is not weakness. Oh, that guy, he's always in the flesh. That's why he's falling. No, calm down. There are many of us who have always been in the flesh. What did Paul say in Galatians chapter 3 from verse 3? He says, are you so foolish, having begun in the spirit, and then you want to be completed or made perfect in the flesh? You think the flesh there is talking about sin or lustful desires? No. No. He's saying that, how can you continue in the spirit? What is the spirit? The work of what Christ has done. The obedience of Christ. He said, how can you start from there? And you now want to get completed in the flesh. That flesh there. You see what I'm saying? That flesh there. To be made perfect by the flesh. That flesh there. Many of us are doing it. Mm -hmm. Many of us are doing it. Many of us are saying, Pastor Phil, you see... I've got to walk my way through this thing. I've, I've got to, I've got to, uh, I've got, I've got to put. You see, the moment you begin to think, okay, that there are some things you need to do of which your confidence is in, you are in the flesh. But if you think that whatever you do, Brings you confidence in God. I don't have a problem with that. That's why I said to you, I don't put confidence in my prayers. But in my prayers, I put confidence in God. It's different. 
So he says, are you so foolish? Haven't begun in the spirit. Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Are you now made perfect by doing something? Or you now want to help God? What happened to Uzzah? Are you following this thing now? Uh-huh. <laughs> See, look at your neighbor and say, don't be Uzzah. You know what Uzzah did? Uzzah wanted to help God. Somebody put Ark on a new cart. The Ark was going. Ark is trying to fall. God wants to fall. He says, let me help God. It's a type and shadow. It's a type and shadow of this thing that I'm showing you now. This Galatians chapter 3 verse 3. You see Uzzah touching the ark, falling down and dying. is a type and shadow of Galatians 3 3. Are you so foolish? Uzzah. So let's do it like this now. Uzzah, are you so foolish? Haven't begun in the spirit. You are following them. You are trekking Jeje by your own. You now saw ark. <laughs> you now saw ark trying to fall and you now want to perfect the ark in the flesh. Problem. Somebody say issues. Don't be a foolish Christian because let me tell you, see, just go and study the Bible, okay? Study the Bible and you will see many things. You will walk in victory perpetually. You know what I told you on Sunday? I said to you on Sunday that when Satan can't figure you out, it means he doesn't have a handle of you. You see this thing? Is it not easy to carry? This thing is easy to carry because there is space. But if there is no space here, there is no handle. It's clumsy. I cannot just do it like this. I have to need Simon's help. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus said that the prince of this world comet and he found nothing in me. Meaning that there were times the prince came. This principality that we were talking about on Sunday. There were times he came. But there was no occasion to hold me. That's what he was saying. So how do you do it? But I hope you know in your natural life, there are always occasions for Satan to hold you. So why can't Satan hold you? Because you are hiding under armor. Remember I told you, you are hiding under armor. You are resting in what Christ has done. You are resting in his obedience. Anybody who is, who has grown up with a mindset of my obedience, my obedience to God, my love for God, has not understood the gospel. Because why? The Bible says, perfect love casts out all fears. Why won't you be afraid when Satan comes? It's because you've been perfected in love. You understand that love did not start with loving God, but it started with him loving you. He said we love him because he first loved us. That's how this thing is working. Praise God. And this is why if you are reading in Galatians chapter 5. Let's see Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. I think we need to pray. Hallelujah. We're going to dislodge a lot of things. Praise God. We're going to dislodge a lot of things. A lot of mindsets. A lot of things that are just dangling all over you. Okay, okay. It says, stand fast therefore in the liberty. Read it everybody. Want to go. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Keep going.
Okay, now I want us to jump to verse 16. Let's jump to verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the loss of the flesh. That's what I was telling you what this other type of flesh means. But this is not the strongest dimension of flesh. Yeah. But keep going. Keep going. Verse 17. For the flesh lost against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another. So that you are... <laughs> Let's move verse 18. It says, But if you are led by the spirit... You are not under the law. You see what happened here now. We were talking flesh, 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 flesh before. Now he ended with law. Is that making sense to somebody? And we were talking flesh. For those people who stopped in verse 17, thinking that flesh meant, oh, you see that weak brother who when he sees woman, he cannot just do anything. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not just that. Flesh here is confidence in self. Why? Because he's talking about the law here. He says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. That's what he's saying. So going back to, let me end with Genesis. Let me end with Genesis. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Back to Genesis. Yes, he says, and the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves what? What was this trying to achieve? To help themselves. That's what he was trying to. You see, you see, this is one of this is the first place in the scriptures where you see the dimension of efforts, works. So you see, it was better if God is the one who is doing this thing for them, because Adam was already wired, okay, to think in a certain way. How is this way? That everything he saw in the garden came before he arrived. Are you getting what I'm saying? The trees, they came before Adam came. The animals that God even brought and say walk before Adam, they were there before Adam came. So where did Adam get the mindset of doing something for himself? That's why I'm telling you that don't be foolish to start in the spirit and end in the law. Okay, you might be in a grace church, but you are not doing this thing. You might you might know grace, you might be able to teach grace, you might be able to preach grace, but there are certain times where, from the place of deficit, you begin to lose confident expectation of good. There's a problem. Your joker should always be that Christ has obeyed. That should be your joker, not your obedience. Your joker should always be. Satan, I know that you want to say that this, 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 but you know what? Christ obeyed. So in the name of Jesus, get out. It's a very simple matter. Keep reading down. Verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. You see, people who are works oriented, rather than running to God, they run away from God. I'm saying this because some of you think you can do this thing by yourself. The moment you see yourself running away from God, guess what has happened to you? Love is not perfected at that moment. But if love is perfected in your spirit, instead of, no no matter where you're coming from, 
no matter the place of deficit, no matter the place of abuse, no matter the place of insufficiency. It says, we're ministers of the new covenant. And we, it says, we're ministers of the new covenant, all right? How, how does it put it now? And we have no confidence in the flesh or something like that. In um, 2 Corinthians 3 verse, is it 3, 5? Is it 3, 5? Second, let's, let's go there quickly. It says, yeah, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Verse 6. This is who has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth. What is what is death? Separation, disconnection. Do you know what death will do? Death is a function of the law. Are you getting what I'm saying? What is the law? The function of a mindset that God is not with you. The function of a mindset that your deficit should produce the required result of what deficit does. That is law. So don't be foolish. Don't be like Adam and Eve who started doing things for themselves. When God now came, they disappeared. And let's, let's, let's end in Genesis quickly. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the, of the day. And... Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Look at verse 9. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Verse 10. And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid. Fear. Fear came. Fear. You see, you see the first time Adam became fearful. In fact... I don't have time to explain this thing. Because I was naked and I hid myself. Who told Adam he was naked? See what God said to him now. Verse 11. And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest eat? Now, you see, what is happening here now is a function of a rewiring in Adam's mind. May God deliver you from the spirit of works. Amen. Say a big amen for yourself. Amen. What is the thing that you are going to win and succeed in life? What's your joker? Christ has obeyed. Christ has obeyed. For anything, whether you are in loss or whether you are in victory, Personally, Christ has obeyed. Amen. Are you blessed tonight? This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.